Angel Heart Radio programs should not be used to replace your legal or medical advice. Welcome everyone to Angel Heart Radio. You are our focus. We want you to know that you matter in the world and that you're important to the world. We're here to remind you of just how valuable and needed you are right now. Help us to help others. If you like what you hear, tell your friends, post, tweet, pin, let everyone know how amazing Angel Heart Radio is. So again, welcome to Angel Heart Radio. Powered by love, Angel Heart Radio is sponsored by angellight777.com. Hello everyone, I'm Annette McCoy coming to you from Melbourne, Australia. Wherever you happen to be in this wonderful world, thank you for joining us today. I'm going to be with Marnie Perna and we're going to be talking about anxiety in children. Now, we all tend to get anxious at some stage, don't we? And Marnie is our regular kinesiologist and Marnie comes on monthly with wonderful tips for us as adults how to deal with the stress bucket and how we how to deal with different situations in life. So we decided this month we would concentrate specifically on children and how guess how do we know that they're anxious and then what can we do if we're aware that our children are anxious Marnie welcome to Angel Heart Radio thank you Annette lovely to be with you again um, and I'm coming to you from Brisbane which is in Queensland Australia on this lovely That's day right <laughs> yes and we know that we have listeners all over the world and it doesn't matter where we are Marnie for those of us with children uh, of course we can tend to become anxious if our children are anxious yes absolutely and children are very uh, fragile they're um, vibrationally very um, in tune okay so they pick up on things very very easily so when the, mm-hmm. when the household is in a bit of anxiety or there's stress and, and um, concerns happening in the household, children will pick up on that very, very easily, whether the adults realise that or not. So they, they are very um, very prone or, or subject to being um, caught up with vibrational energy. So you need to teach mm-hmm. your children to, um, to coping strategies so that they're not as affected because children are very em- empathetic as well. In, in so much as they take on board a lot of people's energy and you've only got to watch a little one watching a cartoon or something like that they haven't quite been able to disassociate from the fact that that's not real so when Bambi's hurt the children cry because it's so sad you know so so children very much are very gentle little souls in that respect uh-huh. so you do have to be very aware of that with them so I said that we become anxious when our children are anxious in actual fact our children can become anxious because they can sense anxiety in the home yes yeah and it's a two-way street like anyone it is a two-way street Mm. but but children will pick up on on challenges that are happening and things that you'll you don't believe that that we're aware of they are Mm. to be they're hearing things but they're hearing things from their own perspective so remember your little ones or, or your children do not have many years of expertise in life to make a different informed opinion. 
So they're just able to give, um, to create their, um, not their solution, but like their intuition comes from what they know now because they haven't got other years to add to it. So they have a different slant on things. Right. So communication... Communication is so important. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh. <laughs> and, and as clear as you can, sorry, I was trying not to choke. I was having a little <laughs> coughing fit there. So, so pardon that bang. <laughs> yes, yeah, communication is very important. And also to be able to ask the child what do they mean. Like if they might be... Um, really really worried about something but we know as an adult that that that's not a concern so we tend to not pass it off but we don't take take it on board as much as sometimes we should so mm. just be aware when your child is, is trying to tell you something or attempting to tell you something be mindful about what they're saying listen to them give them some credibility and if you can't listen to them there and then like you might be in the middle of doing something you need to be able to say to them excuse me just Keep that thought and I'll talk to you a little bit later on about it. You know, so but not mm. totally I'll go away, I'm busy kind of thing. And we don't do that um, with bad intentions, just sometimes our lives are also busy. So we tend to sort of say to the children, oh, go on, off you go, because we know there's no problem, but the child doesn't at that stage. So mm. I'm, I get children in my clinic. I'm a natural therapist and, and I see many children in my clinic from various ages. And it's really, really amazing when you have a little six-year-old who is dealing with um, anxiety, separation anxiety and, and um, depression about mum having to go to work. And you think, really? I can't remember at the same age having similar concerns. But there's a lot happening in the world. See, our children are exposed to as much news and trauma and tragedy as we as adults are. Now, when we as adults are, are really, really affected by, you know, things like tsunamis and bushfires and hurricanes and shootings and all those kind of negative things, imagine the energy of a little one. They are so much more affected. And, and in their mindset, but what if it's my mummy? What will happen then? Yeah. So they become very, very um, worried about what happens if mummy's not around me. If I can't see her, what will be happening to her? If she's five minutes late, oh, my God, she might have been shot. You know, and you can't you can't expect a child to understand that that's not always going to happen. So you need to help them, give them strategies that where they feel safe or where they can filter some of the information or filter some of the anxiety. All right. So no doubt you do have some suggestions for people yes. <laughs> I do. And well you tend to um, you see things that work for children you think well that's really good like gems and crystals are very very good to help children um, stay a bit calmer and they relate to them children love to play with rocks and stones they don't always have to be gemstones but you let a child play with shells or, or stones or anything like that and they really really enjoy it so if it is something they enjoy, the vibrational energy of what they're playing with is also beneficial to them because it's helping their energy field. So we all, we all have an energy field and we have a certain amount of energy within that field. If that energy supply is depleted, we don't cope as well. So what we have to know or do is, is keep things around us or have things in our vicinity that builds up that energy field. 
So it's kind of like putting deposits into the energy bucket. And gemstones and crystals do that for children, especially it does it for adults as well, but children really relate to them. We, we've got a little um, clinic not far from where, where my clinic is and I'll often send parents with the children over to that clinic and just tell them that, tell Deb that Marnie sent them to come and play with your stones because she's got all the beautiful gemstones and they'll go in there and they'll play and they'll pick one that they think, oh, that's really nice. And it's generally really, really good stone for them. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's a nice way. So if you've got children that are showing a bit of anxiety and, and tension, take them to a gem shop and just let them play. And, and if they pick one of the stones, that's great. And if they don't, pick some for them. You know, rose quartz is very, very um, calming to anybody, but especially so to a child because it's got mm -hmm. gentle. It's, it's the colour of coconut ice, so it's a, it's a fun colour. Um, it's soft, it's gentle, but it also has the energy of love and self-love in it. So it can help to to fill that little spectrum that, that's out of sync for a child. Um, another one that I have used quite regularly with children is blue lace agate. So blue, it's a very oh. soft blue one, and it's also the colour of Mother Mary. So it's her colour, but it's really good, especially if they're having a little bit of anxiety about bedwetting and things like that. So for some reason, it seems to go with that. <laughs> right. Don't know why. <laughs> and sometimes it's not important for us to know why, is it? No, no, you just know why. It, it just oh, well, is. Fine. Yeah, it is, yeah, mm. yeah. So, um, you know, if children feel they... When a child tells you that the people are talking to them at night time, don't discount that because, you know, little ones see fairies and angels and, and energy. So if that's happening... It tell the child it's okay for them to say to the other energies, this is my bedtime, I need to sleep now. Because we, we need to be able to set boundaries at times to um, to things that are happening for our children as well. So let the, tell the children it's okay to tell me that, that you're talking to other um, fairies and whatever, but it's also okay to say to them, this is my bedtime, I need to sleep now. Otherwise they want to stay up and play. Yes. Mm. So, gemstones, that's a good idea. And and again, mm. speaking to children because sometimes uh sometimes we tend not to. We we can as you said before, money, we can get really caught up in our own lives, can't we? And maybe miss the yeah. fact that um our children might be well, suffering to a point. Yeah. Yeah. So we need to, um, there are so many things around now that we have access to that is also beneficial to health and well-being. All right. And, and gems and crystals, there's um, remedies like bushflower remedies and, and little sprays like rescue remedy. And a lot of people make a range of sprays. I've got a beautiful one for children called Christmas Calm and another one mm. when slightly older called Tween Teens. And they help to work on the energy field. So you spray it in the air, it comes down over their, their crown and their head and settles on their shoulders. And it, it taps into their, their alignment centre and helps them to cope. So the Christmas calm is very much about calming them down and helping them to stay a little bit more secure so that they're not as agitated. And I have a couple of little children who live in the autism spectrum and they find mm -hmm. that a beautiful spray. Um, one mother says she doesn't even have to worry about it 
being like medication or anything, she has it handy. If the child feels a bit of a meltdown coming, he will come inside and take the spray and spray it. And it helps him to, to settle again. So, I mean, if you've got wow. options like that for your children, it's beautiful. Mm. And they can't harm themselves with it. Lovely. Now, I know that you suggest to adults about the stress bucket. <laughs> That's in your book, yep. Creating Calm and Chaos, Amid Chaos. What about with children? Is that a strategy you use for children? They understand it. If you can explain to a child that if you can imagine a line running down the middle of your, of your body and on one side you've got a stress bucket and on the other side you've got your life energy, it's easy for them to understand that concept. Right, mm-hmm. So they know on one side it gets filled up with all the negative stuff, so all the things that they find frightening or worrying or things that are not happy. On the other side, it's their happy bucket. So that what they've got to do is find things to put in the happy bucket. And they get that. They really do get it. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, you can teach children that, um, you know, if, if, you, if they find themselves getting really, really angry, how can we tip some of the anger out of the bucket? So you can even say to them, use the analogy of holding the bucket and tipping it out a little bit so that there's some space in there. Mm-hmm. And they go, oh, okay. Because they, they're, not, they're not as restricted of, like an adult would say, well, how can I do that? A child would say, oh, okay, I can do that. You know, it's kind of mm-hmm. an instant thing. That it makes sense to them. It's common sense. It makes sense. So they know they can do it. Right. So, um, you know, children... I think we put a lot on our children nowadays. I believe children are, are copying a lot of um, extra worries and stresses that we possibly didn't have, and even relating to learning and, and um, schoolwork and stuff. They are expected very early to um, learn how to do things. And if a child, you've got to think too that everything is a developmental thing. So a child's brain, it might not have developed at the same time as everyone else's. And when you're young, time has is very short. So like a year in a, in a young child's age is a long time, whereas a year in an older person is not that far at all. Does it make sense That's to you? That's true. Like yes. If, if a five-year-old is playing with a seven-year-old, there's quite a big age difference there, whereas if a 15-year-old or 25-year-old is playing with a 27-year-old or talking to the one, there's not as much age difference even though the, the actual time frame is the same. So a child sometimes, the development might happen at the end of year of their um, age five rather than the beginning of age five. But in right. school, you've got them from all spread through the year. So you've got mm. to sometimes acknowledge that a child's learning capacity hasn't quite reached the plateau where the light bulb comes on. So if they're not quite getting some things, teach them that that's okay and tell them not to get so frustrated and use the little word called yet and just say to the child, you don't understand that yet, but that's okay Mm -hmm. because you may later on. It's kind of giving them permission that they'll grow and learn. Otherwise, as soon as they say, I can't do it, I can't do it, they get cranky and they throw the things down and they walk away. So you have to teach them, say, okay, well, at the moment you can't understand it yet, but later Mm. you might. And it kind of is not quite as stressful to them. And you'll know when a child is stressed. You'd see it even in your grandchildren. You know when their buckets are getting full because they flick, they get flicked by things that normally wouldn't cause them to be upset. 
Mm-hmm. Yes. Yep. So we could go through the signs, <coughs> couldn't Certainly. we? Hmm. Yep. So you, if you take a child that's generally quite calm, all right, if they yes. start getting agitated or easily upset by everyday things, you know they're running on overload. So what can you do to help them release some of that stress? Can you teach them a method or, or ask them what's wrong? You know, that might be the first thing. Can you tell me what's wrong? Mm. What, what's worrying you? Give it a colour. Can you tell me the colour of the worry? Children relate to colour as well. It's another thing that's quite um, easily used in clinic. Is um, If you can say to a colour, they don't always understand emotional words, but you could say, mm. what colour does that make you feel? And they can generally tell you. So then you can say to them, well, okay, if that colour makes you feel like that, what colour is how you want to feel? And they can come up with that as well. So you tell them to imagine that colour. If they start feeling angry and they know angry, just for an example, might be blue, what colour is happy? Is it pink? Okay, well, think of the colour pink. And the colour pink will help them, the concept of having to step back from feeling angry to think about what colour I need to feel calmer is, is quite like a pause for them. So it's like a little pause button where they stop what's going on, they think about something else and they move into the into the solution. And it gives you that... It's like counting to 10 in the old days. We used to have to count to 10 before we got angry. And, and like at the end of 10, some days you may still be angry and that's okay, but at least you've given some thought to the fact that you're not just reacting or responding. Mm. Cool, cool. I like the idea of <coughs> colours. And that's something that we can use too. I quite often yep. think about, you know, what colour am I going to wear today? Or in my case, it's usually what colours. But it's <laughs> lovely being colourful. I mean, I had years and years and years of black because I used to think you could dress it up or dress it down, which was quite true. But uh, I must admit, I do enjoy my colourful life. Mm, that's great. And like colours, colours can um, pick up people as well. So, you know, you, your child will have a favourite colour or they'll have a colour that when they wear it, they look happy. So, you know, use that as a bit of a hint for the parents as well. If you know that colour suits them and it makes them feel happy, introduce that colour if they're feeling a bit down. Mm-hmm. Lovely. And All right. So... Go, go. I'm oh, sorry, I was waiting for you to finish then. Um, the other thing is a child that's overly stressed could be very teary. So why is your child crying a lot? So that's another um, symptom of overwhelm because the, the emotional centre, the, um, the centre of the brain is just saying, oh, I know I need tears because I'm, I'm just so overwhelmed. So again, if you can find out why they're crying or what's happening to them, or tell, them, tell the child you believe them. I believe you is a very powerful statement when you're talking to a child because a child, they have a very high sense of fairness. So they get really, really flicked when things are not fair and they're not fair from their age perspective. As an adult, you might be able to negotiate, but when you're a child, it's, it's either this or that or something else and it's not fair. And when it's not fair, a child will get very distressed. 
So find out what they're finding not fair and tell them you believe them so that if there is something really deep down worrying them, um, they've got permission to let you know. And you need to look, work out, um, you know, not that it is it truthful or not, but how how is the child being perceiving what is happening so that you can also deal with it appropriately yourself. Because right, children, when they're sick and things like that, they don't make up sickness. You don't find... Children are not born hypochondriacs, nor are parents or nor are adults. But with children, they generally, if they're not well, they'll tell you. So mm -hmm. to listen to those words when, they, when they're saying it. Right? If a child um, unsettles a little bit, there are, <clears throat> one of the things you can do for a little one, they find it very, very calming and comforting, is to put your hand on their forehead and let their forehead sort of sink into your hand. It's a very, very calming thing for a child. Have you tried that, Annette, with any of your little ones? Do you remember doing that with your children? So I had a bit of a fever, you'd rub their forehead or just hold their well, forehead and, and they go into it. Right. See, I would hold their forehead more to see whether did they have a fever because can be yeah, they yeah. can be burning up. Hmm. But how lovely to use it as a calming. Yeah, a calming because thing. there's points mm. just on the forehead um, called your emotional... Um, oh, they're not emotional freedom techniques. They're centres of emotional stability anyhow. And, and by holding them, it actually brings the blood flow to the front of the, the, the brain in the frontal cortex. And that uh -huh. actually enables you to come up with new solutions and, and to feel safe. So your frontal cortex and everything is, is about new open possibilities and feeling safe and feeling happy. So by holding your your hand across their forehead, you're using your energy to to um, come and tap into their energy field. Well, that's simple, isn't it? And absolutely, yeah, simple and effective, beautiful. Yep. Yep. Hmm. So, so what other symptoms would you see or what other um, examples of anxiety have you noticed in children? Oh, going quiet. Yeah, if they're normally a, a chatty sure. soul. Hmm. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Hmm. yeah. And, and so the anything? looks. Yes. No, the laughter. If, if it's a, a child who is normally happy-go-lucky... And you know their their eyes can give it away. Their facial expressions can suggest that they're anything but their normal self. Yeah, and it, that's the, that's the key, I think. And it is when they're not norm, their normal person. So if a mm -hmm. child is acting differently, take notice of it and find out why. So um, mm. teach them to to talk about things. You know. Teach them to have a um, conversation with you of a night time, like say, what happened at school? Now, you'll generally get the nothing, but ask them to think about um, special times at school. Can you think of any blessings that happened at school today or what fun things happened? So sometimes we need to ask more questions and, and dig it out a little yes. bit more. So find, mm -hmm. find the roses of, 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 the, of the day. So what are the flowers that happened for you today? So think of life as being a bunch of flowers. So did you get any flowers today? Did you get a compliment? Did you enjoy playing with someone? Um, teach them to look for those moments because then that teaches them to have that as a habit, to look for the better things that are happening in life 
and not always to look for the negatives that are going on. Right. So we can use mindfulness and all those kind of techniques with children as easily as you use it with adults. Mm-hmm. But they, um, they learn it very, very quickly and they understand that it helps them to cope better. Well, I certainly know now. I I went through stages where um, it was so easy to tell stories of the negative things that happened during the day rather than the fun or the positive. Yeah. And and you can, um, if you look for positive things and grateful things, it helps you to, to train yourself that way. Mm-hmm. And it, you know, it doesn't say, it's not saying don't be aware of negative things, but if if the child is telling you a story about something that, that wasn't quite as positive, ask them if there's any any solution or they can they think of some way that that might be improved or, or changed. You know, give them the option sometimes. And it doesn't yes. mean to, to let them take over everything. What it's saying is give them tools and strategies to help them cope. Hmm. So would you suggest a a gratitude book or list for a child? I don't know if they'd have the... um, It would depend on their age. If they're old enough to be able to do that, yes, absolutely. Or or find a a colouring book that has mandalas in them or positive things, something that can take... They can focus their energy on being mindful. There's a story, I just can't think of the um, the whole analogy from it. If I could think of it whilst I'm talking, I'll, I'll try and come up with it. And it was about um, using expressions of, of, of the flowers. It was a flower garden kind of thing for children to teach them how to talk about the positive aspects or the positive things that are happening in life. Right. Especially in a, in a school situation. So... Um, It'll come to me. It's just at the moment. It's uh, it's playing. <laughs> <laughs> it's playing hard. Yeah, 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 in a minute. <laughs> Give me a chance. I'll do that in a minute. Yeah. So. Well, that in itself brings up something, Marnie. No, if we're thinking of something and it and we cannot remember. The more we try, sometimes, you know, the further away it seems to be. And yet if we simply say, oh, that will come to me, it does. The minute when we relax, it boom, boom, in it comes. So that's a little hint for anybody why to let something go rather than stress about it and say, oh, I must, I must, I must. Well, no, <laughs> let it go and then, oh, in it pops. It's very good. Yeah. Well, I've just, in it just popped. So it's <laughs> it a, um, a thing that, a story that I'd read, I do a lot of workshops with different people and this was with a, a friend of mine who we were doing a um, presentation to parents of children at a school. Right, and right. we were talking to them about how to um, be mindful about what's going on, and it was learning to manage emotions with the rose, thorn, and bud activity, which is a night nightly ritual. Okay, it takes about uh-huh. fifteen minutes, and it's about um, it's to encourage them not to say nothing happened, like we were just talking about a few seconds ago. 
So right. what you have to do is um, you have to tell them or explain that each part of the uh, the day is made up of flowers, okay, and ask them to take a turn about talking about the rose, the thorn, mm-hmm. or the buds of the day. Now, the rose is the best part of the day, so it helps the children to find what was the best part, what, what was the rose of your day. It mm-hmm. also asks them to uh, tell them about the thorn that might have happened on the day. All right, ah. so that they get to share the, the good, the bad and the ugly. And it allows the children to talk about unhappy things at a time when it, they're less stressed by what was actually happening to them. Right, so they're, they're more disassociated. Um, it also helps them to talk about making mistakes and hearing about the mistakes of others. And um, the bud is what are you looking forward to tomorrow? So what plant, what, what flower hasn't unfolded yet that gives you something to look forward to. Lovely. The thorn. It is. It was a really, really nice concept and very easy for the children to understand. Yeah. Because we're talking about different age ages of children as well. Mm-hmm. All right. So just remember the rose, the thorn and the bud. Gorgeous. Hmm. Now, Marnie, do you deal with babies? I have, yes. Yeah, yeah. My youngest um, client that I've, I've seen, apart from a, a lady who's pregnant, um, and mm-hmm. I sort of we, we do a bit of work of the unborn baby, I think um, the youngest I saw was probably about four months old, and um, he's now 12, I think, this little fellow. So wow. he's, he's been wow. around for a while. Now, I don't see him all the time, obviously, and I see him in bits and pieces. But, um, yeah, he was lovely. So he was very young when I first, when his mum first brought him to me. So yeah, right. And it, it looks there's no set reason that people come to me with children. A lot of it, it can be um, some, quite often they might have a, a digestion issue. So what's going on with them with their digestion? You know, because um, we don't treat as a natural therapist, you don't treat name diseases. You treat how people are feeling or how they're not coping. So if a child's not coping with with keeping food down what can we do to help them to maybe help them with their, their um, digestion, right? So you don't treat a named disease, but I do see a lot of children that present with a form of anxiety. And I find that very... Um, I feel very sorry for them that they're so burdened or feel so burdened with life that they, they, they're so anxious at such a young age. Mm. Yes. Um, um, How wonderful, it, though, yeah. that parents are seeking help. Help, yeah, definitely. Mm. And like a child with learning difficulties or learning challenges, again, it can be, we spoke earlier, it can be development, but sometimes, too, they're just um, certain things will just make them turn off because it, it flicks a, a negative switch in their memory. So with, with kinesiology, things are done on muscle memory. So what happens is we, we do something, the body goes, yep, I'm going to open a file on that because that looks interesting. All right, so it open, opens a little file and it puts it in the filing cabinet in the brain. The next time you do a similar thing, it says, yeah, yeah, we've got a file for that. And it puts that same example in the brain. So if they haven't got a file yet, they haven't got any memory to go on to know if there's anything they should be doing. So children have to to grow the files. They have to build their own filing cabinet of, of movement. 
and if you think back to a child, like a little one, a baby, before they walk or crawl, they've done lots of pre-walking and pre-crawling kind of things, like they rock backwards and forwards before they take off. Or when they're first walking, they don't walk all the time. They fall over quite a lot. But we encourage them to keep going because it's good for people to get compliments and get told, come on, you're doing a really good job. So we need mm. to keep that same process going when they're learning educational things as well because sometimes some children just don't get some concept. So when they get told um, that they're stupid or they're idiots or, or, you know, why are you so sick, why don't you understand it, that's the message that's going into their filing cabinet. Not the fact that they didn't quite understand it, it's the negative messages that are going in there. So we, we need to be able to... Um, you know, if, if they're not, if, if they're finding learning a real challenge, go and see someone who might be able to look at them and say, okay, well, it might be, you know, have they got dyslexia? Have they got, which is not a medical condition, it's just the fact that their eyes are not seeing things in the same process that we see them, right? Some children, their, their development age, if they see a sentence, like go to, or hear a sentence, go to the front door, the child might hear them in single words. So they might hear, go to the front door. But by the time they get to the door, they have forgotten what the rest of it was because they haven't mm -hmm. learnt to put that expression in a phrase. So it's, it's single words. So it doesn't mean anything to them. And then sometimes they get it right because they think, oh, go, that means I'm going somewhere. So they'll go somewhere. And sometimes they just get to the right spot and that's okay. But if they go to the wrong spot they get a negative feedback. Why did you go there? I told you to go to such and such. All right, so these children just don't, it just doesn't at that stage make sense. Their, their, their information highway and their brain hasn't quite connected yet. And I do understand how frustrating that can be, mm. but I also understand that it's very frustrating for the child. And that child's stress bucket will fill up very, very quickly, especially with negative mm. experiences. Yes, we as adults quite often uh, fail to realise the impact that we do have on children. Yeah, and it's not done deliberately because we're just, we're older. We kind of know a little bit more or, I don't know, we've been there, done that. We we discount sometimes. And it looks, and everyone does it. So no one's a hero, no one's perfect. And no one's saying you mm. should be. Well, all I'm saying is if you are noticing stress in your child, actually stop and take notice of it and find out why. Is, is maybe the food that they're eating not agreeing with their digestive system so that that is causing extra strain on their body. So if, if you think of the analogy of... Um, so with natural therapies, we work with things called meridians. Now, meridians are channels of energy. You... Amaniism, so this is Amaniism, right? Mm. We have a mum and a dad meridian. So for me, the mum meridian is the central meridian, which looks after the brain. The dad is the spine, so it looks after the, the spine. If the brain and the spine are not talking to each other, life's not working so well. All right, so you need to get the mum and the dad on board first, and then you have what I call the family. And the family is made up of 12 main body systems or organs. And they are not in any particular order, things like small intestine, the lungs, the heart, um, what else? 
else is there? The the um, <laughs> large intestine. So there's 12 of them. So they're all body systems or organs, and they all work in unison together. Now, the 12 meridians, the family, work on, on a 24-hour time clock as well. So they have two hours per day where they're in charge. So at certain times of the day, certain meridians are in charge. Okay? When that two right. hours is up, that meridian then kind of hands the baton on to the next meridian because it's their turn to be in charge. So if you have a meridian that's not handing the baton on, it's causing kind of a lot of an upset. It's kind of like doing it out of sync. So it's causing the rest to, to be out of, out of order and that can cause the body to not feel so well. Does that make sense to you? It does, yes. So also I had heard too that the meridians, are, are they associated with the organs of the body? Yes, yes. Either an organ or a body system. So you have one called the, um, the triple warmer. Well, that's not an organ. It's a body system of hormonal response. Right. Okay. Yeah. Whereas the bladder is the actual bladder. Right. Yes, but I've also yeah. heard the hours of the day they can be associated with the different organs of the body. Yep. 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 So that if so we're waking up, if we're waking up at a certain time, it can be because there's um, we're being affected by the that particular organ by the organ yes so the, we just talked mm. about the bladder the bladder peak time is between three and five in the morning a lot of children went to bed at that time ah right? because it's a now, time where the bladder is supposed to be charged but if it, if the bladder meridian is low on energy it can't hang on mm-hmm okay so that they can often went to bed at that time and is bed wetting, is that a sign of anxiety? Uh, well, sometimes. It can. Mm. It, it causes anxiety because the child sure. is anxious about the fact they've wet the bed again. Um, they, sure. they get very anxious about it. They um, And it causes them a lot of anxiety. So, sorry, I'm, 3 and 5 in the afternoon is the bladder's peak time. So 3 and 5 in the morning. So the opposite 12 o'clock. Is, is the weakest time of that organ. Okay, so they have a set two-hour time where, where a meridian is in charge. The mm. opposite o'clock of that time is where they're meant to be plugged into power source. Okay, so the bladder meridian is in charge between 3 and 5 in the afternoon. Right. So 3 and 5 in the morning is its lowest time. So it's when it's supposed to be recharging itself. But that is a time when a lot of children will wet the bed. Right. Between three and five in the in the early hours of the morning. So you can Google. Mm. So if you Google meridians and and meridian um, time clocks and things like that, you can actually just Google it, and you'll get a lot of them. They will come up. And I have never seen too much variance between the times and the organs that are associated to it. I haven't seen that there's a lot of clashing that, that one set says it's this time and another set says it's the other time. It's part of Chinese right. philosophy and it's kind of set around that. Mm-hmm. But it is very useful sometimes to have a look at the organ or body system that's the time of day that it is 
and say, hmm, I wonder if that's why that person is not coping so well. And what mm-hmm. can I do to help that, that body system or organ? So if it is a, um, like your stomach, if it's um, lowest time is 7 till 9 at night, don't feed it a lot of food that it has to digest really well because it'll, be, it'll struggle to do that because that's its low time, not its peak time. All right. Um, the spleen yep. is not 11 o'clock in the morning. Well, a lot of people that are having sugar challenges get hungry about 11 o'clock. They're starving because <laughs> they want something to eat. So that's meant to be their power time. But if they're depleted, they're looking for sugar. They're looking for something or carbohydrates to pick up their energy. Uh-huh. Our bodies are fabulous, aren't they? You know, they Fascinating. If when when we tune in, and you certainly tune into bodies, they tell us so much about ourselves. When we listen, yes. And I think too that's why when someone comes to a natural therapist and, and they can look at the whole picture as opposed to a small part of the picture, it helps the, um, the client feel, make sense. No wonder I'm feeling tired if I've got no energy here and I'm asking my body to do all these things. Um, yeah. It, it kind of helps them to understand that they're not imagining it, that they actually could feel quite low. Now, remember, all these meridians also connect to particular um, muscles of the body as well. So you have an organ and a body system that has a set number of muscles that work with it and they're kind of the peak muscles for that that particular meridian. It's, it's ah. really, it's, it's amazing. I love it. Yes. I can hear that in your voice. <laughs> it's good fun. It's like a puzzle and if you can put the puzzle together, it helps you cope. So with children, it's the same thing. It's no different. So get, download a clock, like Google the, the Chinese philosophy of, of um, time of day or, or the, the meridian clock and have a look and see if there's a time where your child has more anxiety than others and see whether it can relate to a, a, an organ or body system. So what can you do to help that child for that system at that time? Mm. You know, what, what extra help do they need? Wow, you are a fount of information, Marnie, and I love the way you have such a friendly disposition, the way that you can uh, share this information. It's wonderful. I think I'd like... I'd like another attempt at... um, at parenting, knowing what I know now. <laughs> and I guess I'm lucky I've got grandchildren. <laughs> yes. It's, and well, see, that it, gives us that extra one, doesn't it? It gives us another go. Because we, we're not as, we're not as um, caught up in the whole trauma of being the, the, um, the, the one that has to, mm-hmm. to um, teach them everything. <laughs> we can just have fun with them and play with them and, and look after them. And, and generally... You step back, so you, you've got all that age added to it, and that's part of it. So we, we have that life journey, so you've put all your life together, and you can look back and go, well, you know, if I had my choice again this time, I'll do it this way, and you can do that mm. with your grandchildren. That's right. So 
She's lovely. Oh, we're very blessed to have children. We we're very blessed to have grandchildren. And basically, we are very blessed. I do this <laughs> a song, We Are Blessed. And it's so true. And to be able to give gratitude for our blessings. And yeah. I trust that our listeners are enjoying this show, Marnie, where we're explaining uh, and exploring anxiety in children yes. and what we can do yeah. about it. So one of the other things you can use with children very easily are cards. So like... Um, not not tarot cards, but angel cards or, or animal communication mm. cards. So there's a beautiful set called Animal Voices that that I have in clinics. So I have I I'll be attracted to the colour or the picture on a box of cards. So I'll see a mm-hmm. picture. Oh, I need those. I like those, and and that'll draw me to them. So if you do find a set of cards, and as I said, these ones are beautiful. One's called um, Animal Voices by Chip Richards. And the actual painter or the um, illustrator is a lady in um, uh, Sarah Farrell. No, not Sarah. The surname's Farrell, and I'll think of her real name soon. Um, she's a Melbourneite, again, so she's from down right. Norway, and she does the most amazing artwork classes, so art therapy classes. And um, these these are just really beautiful. Susan Farrell, sorry, I was nearly right. So Susan Farrell is an artist in Melbourne, or Victoria, right. and she does beautiful um, turtles and underwater seascapes and fairy gardens and just delightful. And these are, are animal voices. So they're just a card with an animal on them. And a child could actually shuffle those cards and pick a card each day and read what the card says. So if, if the card is, um, I don't know, the one I've just picked here is a, is a fairy wren. So a fairy wren is all about spontaneity, creativity and light. So you talk to them about what the fairy wren might do or where might it live or say that it's a guide because it's the colours and things like that. So it helps them to feel connected to something. And it's mm-hmm. a bit like our angel stuff that we do. You know, so um, kids, they understand these sort of things. They really get it. Mm-hmm. So share it with them. And it's simple for them to to be able just to do too. You know, they should they can easily pick a card out and, and read the story or get mum to read the story. And um you know, it's 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 fun. Absolutely. So the fairy wren is all about a gift. It's about um the message is to that creativity is magical and you're here to create. So teach, you know, tell a child it's okay to be an artist, a poet or a dancer or whatever they want. So you know, the messages are generally quite not simple, but they're easy to understand and they make sense to the child. Right. So, you know, the other one, you know, I use all the time are the angel feather cards, which are just colour healing. So get the child to pick a colour out of or a, one card and just read what that card says. And it will help them as well. Lovely. And well, the angel feather cards, they're Michelle useful. Newton's, aren't they? Yes, Lovely. Yeah. Yes. Again, another yeah. another Melbourneite. Yeah. You know, so Victorian. These people are, you know, well, if you live in Australia, oh uh, yeah, she's not in Melbourne now. She's um, 
out in the country a little bit more. But what I'm saying mm-hmm. is they're, they're people you can actually find on Facebook or you find on the internet, but they're local. So, yes. you know, you can you can connect us with them in that in respect a... too. And a lot of what they do, yeah, in Australia, they, um, they'll connect to us because they'll often speak about things that we are we um, know as well. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's not, not every nationality would understand a kangaroo, whereas we would. Yes, that's true. Now, Marnie, we've mentioned Michelle Newton and her yep. angel cards. What about Marnie Perna and Kanique.com? Because I'm sure that there are listeners who would like to reach out and connect with you. Certainly. That's my website. I know that, girl. <laughs> so it's Kanique.com, K-I-N-I-Q-U-E.com. And I also have a Facebook page, Connect Kinesiology. So um, touch base. Happy to share, happy to chat. So I love that. And you also have a book, which we had mentioned earlier, Creating Calm Amid Chaos. And I know that people can purchase the hard copy, the e-copy, or the audio copy. And with Christmas coming Uh up... What a wonderful idea. Yes. And look, it's, it's very simple. They're simple to use. They're got full of my tips. So I do my 10 top tips, but I've also got other bits and pieces in there as well. So, And with children, I, I do a range of um, healing lists as well. So if you have got a child that, that's um, living with a challenge of, of any kind, contact me and I'll make up a unique mist or drop just for them. So um, it, it's, it's tapped into their vibrational energy. So you can offer that for children, and I know that this show is specifically for children, but of course you have mists to help adults as well. I have mists to help adults and businesses. It's one of my specialties now is to make a mist tailored to a business so that they then can use it as as a product within their their facility. So it doesn't need to be a natural therapy centre. It could be a real estate agent or anything at all. Wonderful. So check out my website. It's full of stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you're a woman of many talents and I know that you delight in speaking to groups. You run workshops and as well as being an author and health practitioner, as well as being a wife and mother and daughter and grandmother. Amazing. I am. We just found out we're going to be grandparents number two. It's very exciting. Oh, how lovely. It's only just um, been uh, announced. (laughs) So I can get excited (laughs) about number two now, which is lovely. So, yeah. Yes. One of the things I'm enjoying as a grandparent is um, our little one goes to, they live in Mackay, which is in Australia, is quite a distance from Brisbane can't just pop around the corner and say hello. So um, she's going to um, daycare while, while mum goes back to work. And we get something called Story Park. Now, Story Park is a, um, it, I don't know, it's like a portal and you get a, a password yeah. to get into it. And we get to see pictures of the little one on a daily basis that, that where she's having fun, like playing with spaghetti or crawling or doing something at preschool. So where we wouldn't have had the opportunity because we're not up there, 
we get to see her growth and her um, fun time on in photos, which is just awesome. Yes, yes. It's it, lovely. it is wonderful. And for people who are away from their grandchildren, my time or uh, and FaceTime, and yeah. we have so many opportunities through the internet that just weren't there, um, what, 20 years ago, 30 years ago. Well, I reckon even mm. 10 years ago. Well, possibly. You know, the, the growth can... in technology in that time, we, we, we think it's a long time, but if you sit back and think, like I've been practitioner now since 2006, which is mm-hmm. 10, 11 years ago. Um, right. I didn't Google anything back then. <laughs> I don't think that I knew what Googling was. Right. So it's not that long ago. Mm. And, and I, you know, it's not that long that I remember seeing a child trying to turn the pages of a magazine on an iPad and they were getting frustrated right. because their fingers weren't working. <laughs> <laughs> I get it now because I sit there myself trying to turn pages and it doesn't work. So. Right. <laughs> and listen, we talked earlier about, you know, connecting to your grandchildren. If you don't have grandchildren, if you don't have children in your life, there are so many opportunities around where you can volunteer your time with children or with other people. Don't be isolated because you don't have immediate family or family connections. You do not have to be isolated in this world. You can volunteer your time in many capacities and in many ways. So if you haven't got it within your family circle, go looking for it. It'll be there. Yes. And through that measure, we extend our own also extending those who might not have grandparents around. Yeah. Reaching out through the community, it's so enriching for everybody. And you're starting to see it coming about where communities are actually engaging the elderly and the young, you know, so they might have preschools go to visit an aged care centre, you know, and and Mm -hmm. interact and, and the children are you know, innocently, they're still full of fun and, and wonder. They're not always worried about who that person is. So they'll go and chat to the person or interact with, um, you know, a- animals are the same. You can interact with your animals if you haven't got people around. Mm-hmm. So, so fill, fill your life energy bucket with things that give you joy and happiness because it helps to deposit those into your life bucket so that when your Henry bucket or your stress bucket gets full, you've got a good balance there. Ah, and remember to breathe. Isn't that so? That's a simple one, Marnie, that we so often forget. Yep, breathing and smiling, my top two tips. Without both, life is sad. So true. (laughs) Smiley chicka stickers that you I love the idea that you use with the smiley stickers and I found smiley magnets recently and I thought what a really good idea (laughs) share them around when I do my talks um, when I do presentations I I get people to take a pair of smiley stickers out of a bucket and one smile is for them and one is for them to share so um, I know one lady says, do I have to give it away? And I said, well, if you really want to keep it, take another lot. (laughs) 
she wanted two. She put one on her phone and one on her one on her, her chest. So didn't I take What a good idea. Off? Yeah. So you know, yeah. stick it somewhere and smile at it. Your body doesn't know why you're smiling. It just wants to know you are, because that muscle memory of, of of the mouth says that means happy hormones. So let's let them out to play. Yeah. Enjoy life. Well, that's the important thing, isn't it? And through our own enjoyment, we allow other people and we share with others. And yeah. it can be so simple. Now, we're not... Yeah. The, the more simple we, or the simpler we can make our lives, mm-hmm. the better. I always think if, I'm, if things are looking a little complicated, it's like, okay, so how can I make this simpler? Yeah, absolutely. And mm. jump in puddles, adults. Remember, that's yes. fun too. I'm find a big puddle and just jump up and down in it. <laughs> Worry about drying your shoes later. <laughs> so, Blow up a balloon and let us... Yes, absolutely. Now, Marnie, that was a very good strategy that you had at one stage about blowing into a, a balloon or a paper bag. Yes, yeah. Do you use that with children? Not every child can blow up the the bag very well, but they get the concept. So if you can help them, they burst it that way. But, but, you know, just as you were saying then, keep things simple. So if you know something that works for you, what can you teach your child to do that works for them as well? All right, Mm -hmm. just make it just not quite as complicated. So just say, okay, well, this works with me. So I wonder if I can teach my child to do that as well. And, yeah, there's some, hmm. some amazing websites. So, you know, use Mr. Google. You don't have to Google medical conditions. Google happiness. Google mindfulness. Google um, calmness in children. There are, you know, podcasts and all sorts of things nowadays that you have access to that can help you to help your child feel calmer so they cope better with life. Yes. And then we all do. It's, Mm. again, simple. And we do have so many tools. So, people, while you are Googling, make sure you check out (laughs) Kinique.com. K-I-N-I-Q-U-E.com. Marnie, thank you so, so much for being with us. I look forward to seeing you next month when we're going to be talking about Christmas and what that means to each of us. And everybody else, I'll look forward to being with you next week when I have Darren Snell with me. May your week be absolutely fabulous. Make sure that you ease your own anxiety and that of those around you. Thank you for listening. You've been listening to another fabulous program on Angel Heart Radio. Our goal is to remind you of how much you matter in the world and to let you know that we appreciate who you are in the world. You can check out who's on, when we're on and who our guests are at angelheartradio.com. Everything is there. It's all just one click away. 
Angel Heart Radio programs are powerful tools to help you in your life and your life experience. They are not intended, nor should they, be used to replace your medical or legal advice. The views expressed by hosts, co-hosts, callers, guests and associates should not be construed as advice from Angel Heart Radio.